Blog Talk Radio. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Born to Talk Radio Show. I'm your host, Marsha Waiteka. Conversations plus connections equals community. Those are my three C's. The heart of my show is what's your story? It's my belief we all have stories. Some are similar, others are uniquely different. Storytelling brings the passions of my guests to life through our conversations. So be prepared to be entertained, informed, and inspired. Welcome to today's show. Well, hello, everybody, and maybe it's trick-or-treat wherever you are today, but I can tell you, for me, it is a treat because my guest today is Damian Carroll. He is the National Director of Vision to Learn. Welcome to the show, Damian. Welcome, Marsha. I'm so pleased to be here with you, and happy Halloween, everybody. Absolutely, and like I said, this is a treat. There is no tricks going on in this podcast today. And a shout-out to our mutual friend, Nora McClellan, because I actually experienced firsthand going to a school where children received glasses. And we're going to be talking all about that in just a moment. But I really like to have the show start off a little bit with just who are you? So could you just tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure thing. So again, my name is Damian Carroll, and I'm the National Director for a nonprofit organization called Vision to Learn. And just about me, I live in the San Fernando Valley, where I've been since about 2000 after I graduated from college. Uh, I'm married. I have two children. My wife is a, a teacher librarian at an LAUSD mm. school. And I've worked both in the entertainment industry and in politics and for the last eight years in the nonprofit world for Vision to Learn. That's so great. And you're going to be telling us about Vision to Learn and how it started so that people that maybe are not familiar with this will get an understanding. I am personally looking at the visiontolearn.org website, and I would just suggest that Anyone that is listening to this podcast, just simply go to this page and, and you, will, you will clutch your heart. You will put your hand over your heart and you will look at these children that you serve that have, it is just, it is a remarkable nonprofit and I, I'm just, I just think it's fabulous. So let's start off with what is Vision to Learn for those people that have never heard of it? Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's right there in the name, Vision to Learn. Imagine you are a student at school trying to understand some math problems up on the board or read your textbook, and your eyes are not seeing clearly enough for you to be able to understand what you're seeing. Uh, we know about 80% of learning for students comes through their eyes. And so in addition to having their pencil and their book bag, um, a critical tool of learning for so many students is a pair of glasses. And unfortunately, um, throughout the country, um, in many underserved communities, a lot of kids go to school every day unable to see the board or read a book just because they're missing a pair of glasses. So that's what Vision to Learn uh, seeks to do. We are delivering free 
vision services, vision screenings, eye exams, and eyeglasses to students where they are every day at school so that they can see clearly and, um, and learn more effectively. I, I think this is wonderful. And maybe you could talk about when it was established and how exactly it was established. Certainly. Vision to Learn is recently celebrated our 10-year anniversary. Our program was founded in 2012 by Los Angeles philanthropist Austin Butner. Uh, Austin is known in Los Angeles most recently as the outgoing superintendent of Los Angeles yes. Unified School District, where, as you know, he served uh, a three-year contract during one of the most trying times the district has ever um, gone through during COVID, and mm -hmm. by all accounts uh, did a terrific job. At the end of his contract, he decided not to renew. And um, so, but um, this was before he was a superintendent at LA Unified. At the time in 2012, Austin was a deputy mayor for the city of Los Angeles, and he was interested in finding ways to help students succeed at school, particularly those that wouldn't fall in that long-standing battle between sort of the teacher reform crowd and the teachers' unions. And one issue that he found that everybody could agree on is that if a student cannot see the board, it's going to make it much more difficult for them to learn at school. And he had some conversations with educational experts, particularly school nurses associations, um, who said that year after year, they provide vision screenings at schools and make recommendations for parents to take students to get their eyes examined. And for all of the reasons of institutional poverty that we all know, many times that eye exam follow-up doesn't happen, and so the students persist at school without glasses. So Austin said, you know, this is a problem that has a, an easy solution if we can bring it about. Uh, he founded a nonprofit. Uh, they purchased a mobile clinic and began visiting schools in LA Unified and found that indeed about a quarter of the students at the schools that we visit need glasses and by and large they're going without glasses. Over 95% of students uh, in some cases that don't have the glasses that they need. Mm -hmm. And bringing that service to the school gets past all of those barriers you know, the need for a parent to take time off of work, maybe once or even twice to go to the optometrist with their student and go again later to pick up the glasses. The need for specific transportation, um, navigating the Medi-Cal system, uh, and, and just the sort of knowledge of how to uh, get to the optometrist and what's involved and the importance of op optometric care. Bringing the service to the school gets past all of those hurdles. And so when Vision to Learn comes out to a campus, we bring a mobile clinic. It's built on a Mercedes Sprinter van. And every student at the school gets a vision screening. All of those referred through the screening receive an eye exam. It's about a third of the kids. And of those students, about 80% need prescribed glasses. And we provide them the glasses all at no charge to the families. You know what's so interesting about what you just said? As a former PTA person, for the entire time that my children were in school, 
from kindergarten through high school. I was that mom. I had the good fortune of being one of those stay-at-home moms and working with schools in my community. And back in those days, it was very common to have a school nurse on the campus. It is not as common today for the school nurses to be on all of these campuses, is it? Or am I wrong about that? You're absolutely right. So many school nurses now are splitting their time between multiple school campuses. And, of course, they have so much to do, different prescriptions that students need, um, and the uh, the COVID testing regimen, and, uh, you know, most of the schools now are not requiring masks anymore, but you can imagine right. that during that time period, the level of um, work for school nurses shot up so that there's even more for them to do and fewer of them to go around, uh, you know, between the schools. So we're really hope filling that gap. We partner with school nurses. There's no better ally uh, for Vision to Learn than school yes. nurses. And in many cases, we can help them to finish up the vision screenings that are often mandated by the state. But more so, we can make sure that those vision screenings are having the important impact of not just finding that a student needs glasses, but actually getting them those glasses. And that, that makes all the difference, and, and school nurses love our program for that reason. Oh, I bet they do. Um, you know, a lot of these children probably don't go to a pediatrician, don't have regular physical exams. I know my daughter, um, I didn't realize she was having trouble seeing when she was in school. She didn't tell me. And sure enough, when she was, I think, 9 or 10 years old, that's when she got her first pair of glasses, and it, was, it changed everything for her. And, you know, we had the wherewithal to take care of that in our family. So I can only imagine what it's like in families where that's not the case. Perhaps you could share with us communities um, you serve. Yes, well, it's such a common story uh, parents being surprised that their children needed glasses, and it's across all classes. You know, it is not mm -hmm. just in underserved communities that this happens. Our um, our program, for example, a few years ago, I, I participated in a meeting at the California State Board of Optometry, and one of the optometrists on the board had that same story, that their daughter uh, had had some, some grades that were suffering, and it wasn't for a half a year until they said maybe we should get her tested, uh, her vision tested. And indeed, mm -hmm. it turned out that she needed glasses. Um, it's one of the reasons why I'm so happy to be talking to your listeners today, uh, because it's something that every parent can do to make sure mm -hmm. that their child gets a regular eye exam, to notice if students are having headaches, difficulty reading, suddenly they're falling behind at school for some mysterious reason to have one of the first things they think about be a vision problem instead of one of the last things they think about. Uh, right. And it's nationwide. Now, our program, mm -hmm. as I mentioned, started in Los Angeles in 2012. And since then, we have been steadily expanding both throughout the state of California, where we're everywhere from the Bay Area down to San Diego and many places in between, but mm -hmm. also now in 12 other states and the District of Columbia. So as of today, Vision to Learn's program stretches from Honolulu all the way up to Connecticut, and we're in the American South, we're in the Midwest, we're in the Northwest. Um, we have programs serving kids in heavily urban communities and heavily rural communities where 
the closest optometrist might be two counties over. There right. are uh, regions all over the country where kids are going without glasses, and our program is showing that mobile care can solve that problem in many different contexts. I love this. You know, what would be great would be to speak with you in a year from now and say, Marsha, when we spoke on Halloween last year, we were in 13 states in the District of Columbia, and I'm so excited to tell you how we have expanded since we spoke last because clearly, as I look at your beautiful website um, and how many kids you've helped and, and what you can do and how people can donate and just the impact I mean, you don't know if somebody that's listening to this right now might be thinking, I really didn't know what I wanted to do in college, but I'm thinking maybe I want to go into optometry because I can see now the value of how important this is. So why is this model so important in this vision to learn? So mobile vision care uh, is in the same league as mobile dentistry and other school services that can be provided on campus to students. And it breaks down so many barriers to care. It makes sure that no students get left behind. Right. Um, when, you know, when Vision to Learn comes to a, a campus, every student who needs an eye exam gets an eye exam. And indeed, it happens all at the same time, which has innumerable benefits, both for uh, reducing stigma for students. You mm -hmm. know, if, if, even if, let me tell you, Marcia, these days, there is a lot less anti-glasses, you know, poking fun at kids than, oh. than perhaps when we were young. Most wow. kids are excited to get their glasses. There are mm -hmm. sports stars that wear glasses, you know, mm -hmm. celebrities. The glasses are so much more fashionable uh, than when we were kids. Yes. And so yes. kids are excited about it. But even in that context, if you're a student who's maybe a little bit shy, showing up to school with your new glasses, even ones that you're proud of, and becoming the center of attention, that can be a difficult time. But imagine now that instead of being just the one student getting glasses, it's you, it's your best friend, it's the older cool kids and the great above yours, <laughs> it's maybe your brother or your sister mm -hmm. and you know multiple other kids in your class that are now sort of a team getting glasses all, of, all at once. And it means that students can reinforce for each other, reminding each other to wear their glasses and take care of their glasses. It makes it easier for teachers to keep track of which students in the classroom need glasses so that they can be reminded as well. And you know it's even going to have benefits. Yeah, go okay. ahead, Marcia. No, 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 go finish it because you made me think of, I visualized something, but finish your thought, please. Well, it's even going to have benefits, benefits for other kids in the class because if you're a student who has trouble seeing the board, unfortunately that might make it more likely that you want to run up to the front of the room to see what's on the board and so, or, or bug the person next to you. What is she writing up there? And so it can create even disruptions for other students that providing those classes to all the kids who need them increases and benefits the classroom experience for everyone. And, you know, and that was the exact vision, no pun intended, that I was visualizing in my own mind, picturing an elementary school classroom. Um, a kindergarten classroom, a, a third grade classroom where education gets more difficult, and you're sitting in the back of the room, and you really can't see well. 
And so it's, there's no shame involved. It's like, Joey, we're going to move you up closer, and, and, and this is going to be good for you. And, and now you're sitting next to Susie, and now she's wearing glasses and you're wearing glasses, and, and you're not standing out as some um, un, unusual person in the classroom because in reality so many children need them. And I'm just curious, why do you think so many students at school don't have glasses? Why are they going undetected? Sure. So imagine all of the steps that have to happen for a student to get to an eye exam. First, the student has to, the parent rather, has to be aware that the student might need glasses. And there's a lot of education that still needs to happen across the country to make every parent aware that students, you know, from six months of age, might have a vision issue, that they should get their vision tested periodically leading up to school. And certainly once they're in school, they need an annual eye exam. Even if they yes. have their, their um, eyes examined in kindergarten, their vision can change quite a bit as they're growing up, and so they're going to need a new prescription every year. Just that mm -hmm. base level of knowledge about optometry um, is unfortunately you know, not always there in a community. Then the parent needs to take time off of work. They have to figure out which optometrist will take Medi-Cal. Uh, they have to find somebody who is accepting new patients and has an appointment open. And although Medi-Cal is going to pay for that eye exam, it's going to give them a pair of glasses for free, not every parent knows that. So they might think, oh, this is going to be expensive. How am I going to afford this? So right. when you layer all that on top of each other, it makes it more challenging for some families to connect to care, and um, our program is, is built to cut through that. That's great. And I, I, I presume that the way you find these kids that need help um, is, starts in the classroom setting. Is that, is that right? Uh, well, absolutely. We, we vision screen every student. So imagine there's a wonderful device we use called a Welsh Allen spot screener. And mm -hmm. it's a little camera that takes a quick picture of a student's eyes, bounce, bounces light off of their, uh, their cornea, and through the magic of computers uh, mm -hmm. can figure out really quickly if that student has uh, an issue with their, uh, with their sight, with their visual acuity, uh, has a refractive error is the term of art. And it's going to turn out a pass, which means the student's seeing clearly, or a refer, which means this is a student who needs an eye exam, very likely needs glasses. That's about a third of the kids that are screened, and those are the wow. students who we see on the mobile clinic. So we're not missing any student. We're not just relying on teachers' referrals or, hey, I noticed that little Bobby might is squinting a little bit. We are mm -hmm. systematically... Um, screening every student on campus. Um, and, you know, keep in mind, at a young age, a lot of students don't realize that yes. their vision is blurry. They just think Correct. this is how the world looks. Mm -hmm. And they're shocked when they finally put on that pair of glasses and realize that the board isn't fuzzy, that there are individual leaves on trees, that they can look down at a bowl of rice and see individual, you know, rice grains in the in the bowl, mm -hmm. they think that the world is just a little bit fuzzy. And um, they often think, well, why can't I 
understand these classroom lessons as well as the other students in the class, right. it can lead to a, a loss in self-confidence as well. You bet. You bet it can. It's it's really interesting, and I thought for people listening that we could kind of go through the process of what it's like getting an eye exam for vision to learn. You kind of described it to some degree. I mean, it's not just the simple eye chart like when we're renewing our driver's license. Or frankly, do you know it's interesting what your mind can remember. I honestly, truly, this is going to sound so crazy based on the fact how old I turned yesterday, I can remember being at my own elementary school and we were required to go to the nurse's office and read the eye chart. I know my kids did it. You know, put your hand over one side of your eye, now put it on the other side. So um, kind of take, take us through the process because I don't think that there's an age limit. Is that correct? That's correct. Our program sees kids between kindergarten and 12th grade. And what you're describing with the eye chart still takes place uh, in, in campuses in California. Uh, we have mandated screening grades. It's kindergarten, second, fifth, and eighth grade. And many of the school nurses will use eye charts for those vision screenings. But the key is that reading the eye chart with one hand over your left eye and then you switch eyes really just tells you whether you have trouble seeing. It doesn't prescribe glasses so that you can actually get a pair of glasses. And that's the step that Vision to Learn is serving. So imagine you're a student who's either with our spot screener camera or with a school nurse and their Snellen eye chart been referred for an exam. On the exam day, uh, one of your uh, school staff will bring the student out to our mobile clinic. It's a friendly-looking van uh, decorated mm-hmm. here in L.A. with the Clippers or the Dodgers. We have other right. sports teams in other regions that are our big partners. So it looks friendly. It looks fun. And the student steps onto the mobile clinic. Inside, they're going to meet our optician who is going to greet them and make them feel comfortable Uh, They're going to uh, do what's called an autorefraction, which is a quick reading of their vision. And then they're going to step to the back of the clinic where an optometrist is waiting for them, and they're going to get an eye exam. And it's going to be just like the eye exam you and I uh, Mm -hmm. would get at a typical optometrist. They sit in the chair, the foreopter with the lenses is put in front of their face, and uh, they're given a series of eye health checks. Uh, and then typically then they need a prescription, and so they're, they're using the foreopter to prescribe those glasses. When they're done, they walk right back to the front of the mobile clinic where the optician is going to help them choose their frames. Oh. And we have a wide selection of cool frames in all yes. sizes and shapes and colors um, so that if the student wants bright green glasses, we can get them that. If they want little pink glasses, we can get them those. Uh, we have adult size frames for our high school students, and the student gets to choose. They're not used glasses, donated glasses. They are brand-new glasses, uh, just as uh, sturdy and stylish as anything that their friends would get from their optometrist. And because they have chosen them themselves, they're going to be more likely to take care of those glasses and wear them to school. Absolutely. And, you know, I mean, I wear glasses. I didn't get glasses until I was in my 40s, and I thought, wow, huh, 
imagine that. And I know that today, at my age, I I have um, I have three three prescriptions within my within my glasses. For many years, it was just by I think they're called bifocals, where there's two. You know, you look down and you see one image. You look up at the board and you're going to see differently because there's the short vision and the long vision. If children have those kinds of um, needs, do they get lenses that would support that? We yes, certainly we do bifocals for kids who need them. Uh, obviously, we're doing glasses for nearsightedness, farsightedness, and astigmatism. Mm-hmm. Any refractive error, uh, we can take care of with our with our glasses, and we frequently get very high prescriptions. I mean, shockingly high prescriptions, particularly for kids who've never worn glasses before. Sure. Um, you know, every day that goes by, I could tell you a story about a student who, you know, has a plus six, plus seven, um, who is identified, and you, you, they're they're almost legally blind. You know, without without the glasses, you just can't imagine how they've been getting by at school without them. It's 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 really it is remarkable, and I do want our listeners to know that, as I have mentioned, your website is sensational, oh, and thank you. Um, it really is, and you have some great um, um, videos of of children that that are I guess they're probably like YouTube's, but um, you know the pictures I think pictures say so so very much. And and it, it 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 does make a difference, and I just think about you know how much better it was for my daughter when she did get her glasses that she was able to see, and um, you know I I don't know if vision is necessarily hereditary. My, I mean my both of my kids wear glasses, my husband wore glasses, but uh, I think that when you overcome that challenge because it affects everything not just in the classroom now you want to play sports you mentioned my two teams just so you know you mentioned my dodgers <laughs> and you mentioned my clippers i am going to my clipper game tonight let's hope they play better so i and let's not talk about the dodgers um but <laughs> i'm a season ticket holder to them as well but what i was going to say is if you are an athlete and you can't really see that ball coming at you at a gazillion miles an hour, you're going to get hurt. So it's, it's, it's across all parts of your existence. It might even make your food look more tantalizing because now you're looking down at your meal and you're going, oh, my mouth is starting to water. This actually looks really good. You know, or just falling, just tripping on the sidewalks. You, you know, you're... We don't we don't live that far from one another, and the sidewalks in my community, because of the trees that were planted a gazillion years ago, lift the sidewalks, and maybe it's only up a quarter of an inch or a half of an inch, but you're running to school, and you're on your way to school, and what did you do? You tripped, and now you've hit your head, or now you've skinned up your knees or whatever it is. I mean, our eyes are the, as they say, what are the window to the world. And to be able to provide this opportunity for children that don't even get this chance, I, I, it just must warm your heart every day to go to work and do your work. I, I, I'm just, I'm so touched by what you do. But I would imagine 
that there are some challenges. There is not a nonprofit that doesn't experience some challenges. So what have been some of the challenges that you guys have experienced? Well, certainly. So I'll start by saying that you're absolutely right. Our founder is fond of saying that glasses help you succeed in school and in life. Mm-hmm. And they are they are a huge educational benefit, uh, which we have studies to prove, by the way. We've um, had uh, Johns Hopkins published a, a study of our program last year in the Journal of the American Medical Association where they found that providing a student with glasses helps them catch up educationally two to four months of class time, as if you had two to four additional months of learning time during the school year. Um, So they definitely help you at school, and they definitely help you with sports. Uh, The Mm -hmm. Dodger is one of our longtime partners. Uh, Since 2012, they've been with us. In the Mm -hmm. summertime, we do events where the Dodgers um, bring out students to public parks around the, the county, and outfit them with uh, Dodgers outfits and teach the kids how to play baseball. And we bring Mm -hmm. our mobile clinics out to those events to make sure all those kids are able to see well while they're there. Um, It's, you know, just another way to reinforce the self-confidence and all the ways that vision helps kids succeed. Uh, But it has, but it is, it has absolutely a challenge. Um, You know, any nonprofit, uh, certainly, you know, we're always looking for new funders to help the program to succeed. It is a very efficient intervention. Uh, Our eye exams, soup to nuts is about $150 per student that we see. That includes uh, providing the glasses to them, by the way, Um, and which is, as an educational intervention, a more effective one for a much lower price than pretty much any uh, that has ever been studied. Certainly uh, more so than, you know, urban charter schools, than providing technology to kids, extending the school day, and much less expensive. And it, and it pairs well with each of those interventions. Uh, if you give every student an iPad and they're not able to see the iPad, then that iPad is not going to do as much as if they have a pair of, of glasses. Um, but nevertheless, we do are continually looking for new ways uh, to raise funding for the program to be able to help more kids year after year. Um, and occasionally we run into uh, regulatory challenges. You know, really? we were out in um, South Carolina, for example, for the last couple of years, working with the state legislature to uh, update a law that said the uh, provision of mobile optometry could only happen in front of a licensed health facility. So you could park a mobile clinic like ours in front of a hospital, but not in front of a school. And, of course, you know, any political change takes takes time and effort. Uh, we worked uh, with, with the wonderful legislators in South Carolina and the governor who signed the act last year um, to allow us to, to operate and, and help kids uh, in Charleston at first and throughout the state. Um, you know, a lot of, of uh, optometric regulation is written with uh, – sort of traditional brick-and-mortar optometry in mind, and it doesn't always translate easily to mobile optometry. So that's something that we, that we have to work with uh, quite a bit to, to solve. I bet. So I, I know we, we're going to go back and talk about the sports teams, but 
So where else does the organization actually get its financial support? Sure. So um, we run the gamut in terms of foundations. We have so many wonderful uh, educational and health foundations. We're really at the intersection between those two uh, goals, and so uh, we have folks who are interested in that. Sports teams all over the country are big supporters of ours. And increasingly, we are lucky enough to be able to receive some public funding. Uh, that oh. started with our um, uh, becoming contracted as a Medicaid provider in many states across the country uh, so that increasingly we are able to submit claims for kids who are covered by Medicaid uh, when we're providing them with a routine eye exam or glasses. Um, and then there's a lot of other creative public funding that we've been uh, very pleased to, to receive. One very recently that's exciting is from a program called Results Ohio. It's what's called a Pay for Success program, where Vision to Learn said, we're going to uh, provide uh, students with glasses in Appalachian, Ohio. And uh, we had a series of goals. We met those goals. And as a result, we were paid by the state of Ohio out of Ohio budget oh, funding for wonderful. the project. Um, and it's just win-win. Ohio, you know, that area uh, is one of those where there's lots of counties that don't have any optometrists. They wanted a way to help kids get eyeglasses in, in rural Ohio. We said, we know how to do it. And they said, if you can prove it, we'll pay you for it. And indeed, that's exactly what happened. So, you know, we're always looking for um, new sources of funding. The American Rescue Plan uh, has a lot of school districts with some funding that they can put towards our project. So that's been a wonderful source as well. Mm -hmm. And we are very creative in, in finding new funders every day. I bet you are. And, you know, I had mentioned um, Nora because we are in Rotary together. I don't know about you personally. Are you also personally a Rotarian? Uh, no, I'm not a Rotarian, but I, I <laughs> love Rotarians. You mentioned Nora right. McClellan, uh, who has worked with Vision to Learn for years through the Rotary and right. helped uh, Rotary members volunteer as vision screeners for our organization. So uh, there's a special place in my heart for Rotary. Right. And, you know, I would say to those – and we'll talk about this a little bit towards the end of the of the podcast, but you might be listening and you don't have these services at your in your communities. Maybe it's in your state perhaps, but it's nowhere near where you live. And I'm going to um, direct people to the website once again so that people can can learn more about that. But I, you do hold a lot of events. I know that you do hold a lot of events. You mentioned one um, with with the Dodgers. Um, what, what are some of the other events um, and type of events that your organization holds? So our events highlight the students receiving their new glasses. That's the centerpiece. And we uh, do that, one, to make it more exciting for the kids you know, we have a really festive atmosphere, we play music, we have photographers there, so it feels like paparazzi are, are uh, cheering on the kids while yep. they get their new glasses, try them on for their classmates, and it really increase that positive feeling uh, overall. Our events also help promote the program so that parents, uh, other schools, policymakers understand 
how mobile optometry can help students and really help to raise awareness about the importance of optometry at school. Um, so these events are really my best days at Vision oh, yeah. I've been to them all over the country. And, you know, you can imagine a, like a graduation ceremony where one at a time each of these special kids comes up on stage, yep. tries on their glasses, gets a huge round of applause, and, um, you know, remembers that good feeling about getting glasses for the rest of their life. And that is precisely what I did with Nora in a community oh. called Hawthorne, not very far from where I am right now. And I was in the audience as one by one, those children, and some of them were very bashful. It was like, oh, my God, this is the last thing I want to do. But when they just stood up and everyone, because the families were in the audience and and other, you know, the whole student body, regardless of what grade it was, they were all in the auditorium at that time. And, oh, it's, it's sort of indescribable because it's so joyful to to witness what is happening with these children it's 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 phenomenal i can see why you love it their little reactions when they put on those glasses for the first time you know you see the students who make the move where they look through the glasses then they look over them to see what it looked like before then they put them on again yes. you know they're really seeing that or they often will notice uh some written language across the room. Maybe they're in a library and there's a sign across mm -hmm. the way or maybe in their school cafeteria and they zero in on that sign and they can read it. You know, they suddenly realize there's message up there that they yes. never registered before. Um, you know, one student that our founder uh, loves to talk about, he was standing next to them at a school library and they looked up at a row of historical pictures on the wall, and they said, oh, that's what Martin Luther King Jr. looks like. Oh, my and goodness. And it just, it just you know, raises the hair on the back of your neck. It's just such a momentous moment for kids when they realize that the world is going to be more accessible to them from that moment on. It's so true. And, you know, and because it's not like, oh, here's the weirdo in the glasses, that that stigma is gone because more and more and more children are wearing glasses, proudly wearing glasses. It has to really improve their self-esteem and how they're able to process what it is they do. You know, when my when our kids were in school, I mean, I, I presume that this is you can sort of. I mean, I am older than you, but I'm just saying. You know, there wasn't all of these computers. Kids were not um, on on all these devices and 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 learning from home. My my gosh, look at how much stay-at-home learning there was during COVID. COVID had to definitely be making things much more complicated when kids weren't even coming to the classroom, and so they aren't being observed by their by their teachers. And they're just sitting in front of an iPad or a laptop or or something, perhaps, you know, maybe not a laptop if they're in um, communities where resources are very, very limited. So to be able to do this in these very needy communities, and I, by needy I just mean that they need the help, not as a stigma, but as a, a need for this help, 
I just I just think it's phenomenal. I I really truly do. And you had mentioned earlier about some of these partnerships. You mentioned my Clippers. You mentioned my Dodgers. We won't talk about that. You mentioned the <laughs> Eagles. Okay, are you talking about the um, the football team, the Eagles? That's right, out in Philadelphia. You bet. Uh, Long before Vision to Learn, I should mention, uh, there was a program sponsored by uh, the Philadelphia Eagles called the Eagles Imobile, and it is a mobile clinic that serves kids in the school district of Philadelphia uh, for the last 20 years. Uh, Several years ago, the Eagles approached Vision to Learn. They said, our uh, giving priorities are shifting but we want to make sure that this program continues. It's been such good for kids throughout the community, and we'd like Vision to Learn to take over the operation of the Eagle's Eye Clinic program. So we merged the programs, and it's now called uh, the Eagle's Eye Mobile Powered by Vision to Learn. Uh, their program manager came to work for Vision to Learn, so she comes with a world of experience uh, working with Mm -hmm. the program. We've expanded it by adding more mobile clinics, and it's just a terrific, um, you know, institutional program there that is now part of the Vision to Learn family and helping kids in the region. Well, as I'm digressing once again, so I mentioned I'm a Clippers season ticket holder, partial. I don't go to all the games. I am a full-time Dodger season ticket holder. My son-in-law is from Philadelphia, so when I see the word Eagles, I immediately think of fly, eagles fly, because that's what they say there. <laughs> and so speaking of birds, so to speak, I see that you're also involved with the Hawks. So what what sport is that? Because there are many teams that have that name. So who are the Hawks? Yeah, so we are uh, partnered with the Atlanta Hawks NBA team, uh, yeah. where we have worked there for the past six years. Uh, that program is another one that has grown from one mobile clinic to add several more in the Atlantic metro area uh, mm-hmm. so that we are seeing you know, tens of thousands of kids um, in, in that community year after year. And uh, we've had some wonderful events with the Hawks, uh, including some where uh, we're working with older kids mm-hmm. who can sometimes be reluctant about uh, you know, showing off at events, showing off their new glasses. But the Hawks have brought out a local um, dance team that teaches the kids new cool dances and oh. records them for TikTok videos. Oh, my uh, gosh. Which, I mean, you can only imagine, like, all these kids in their new glasses doing these cool dances. It's just such an energy in the room. And um, their mascot, Harry the Hawk, you know, comes yep. out and he's one of these acrobatic mascots yep. that does flips across the room and dances with the kids so it's just it's an amazing energy and uh yeah they've been another incredible partner for vision to learn do you um i i used to work for the local ymca do you ever get involved with ymcas would because do you, because you well let me let me clarify something that's really important because you talked earlier about that um, and I can't. Re- I think I don't remember what state you mentioned, but that the mobile van um, has to be at a school. Um, is it possible for these mobile vans to go, say, to a YMCA the way the Red Cross would come to a YMCA? It is in in most of our states. Uh, in the summertime, our program because the schools are are you know on summer break will visit 
programs like YMCA's and especially boys and girls clubs oh, that yes. are serving, you know, the same populations of kids. Um, they have students that are coming out to essentially summer camp day after day. And so mm-hmm. we can bring our mobile clinic out to those sites and run the program exactly the same way. Vision screenings for every kid uh, and eye exams and glasses for all the kids who need them at, at no charge. Uh, Boys and Girls Clubs have been a wonderful partner to the organization, and it's really helpful to us in our ability to see more kids and to keep our optometric staff employed over the summertime. Because, you know, if you're an eye doctor, just like anybody else, you want to have steady work, and we want to make sure that we can keep them over the summer so that they're ready to hit the ground running when September rolls around and the schools reopen again. I can tell you right now, One of our speakers at our Rotary Club is the director of the San Gabriel Boys and Girls Club. Kurt is his first name. And I will absolutely be speaking to him about this when I see him again to see have has this ever have you ever brought a mobile van to your to your boys and girls club. And I also think yeah, and I also am going am going back to your um, website. You do have a um, a tab for careers, and I mean you have a lot of. This is an exceptional um, website, and I know I keep referring to it. And could your logo, could your logo be any cooler? I think <laughs> your logo is brilliant. I love your logo, and if if those of you who are listening have not seen your lo- your logo, well, then they will when they go to your website or to my blog. Because to have a pair of of glasses minus the the, the um what do you call it, this part the the arm the little the little pencil smile yeah the, with yeah the it's smile. iconic, isn't it? We I just oh, think it speaks fabulous. so well to. Immediately, people can see what we're all about by that logo. That's my oh, favorite it's, part it's, of it. It's just a bit, and, and you know, and also, what I'm also looking at as I'm speaking to you is, you know, kids do lose their glasses. They don't know where they left them. Oh yeah. And they do break their glasses because they're playing, and maybe a ball hit them in the face or whatever. You break your glasses. You can request free replacements. That's that's phenomenal. It's so important because. At heart, we are a healthcare provider, but we're an educational charity. We're about helping kids learn at school. And so our intervention cannot just be giving a kid a pair of glasses and saying, there you go, whatever happens, happens. We want to make sure that if they are unable to use those glasses because they're lost or broken, we will replace them at no charge. We'll get them out to them ASAP so that they can continue to use them and, and see at school. And and you know, do you wear glasses personally? I just I curious. do, yes. Okay. Yeah, I have a picture up on my wall when I started at Vision <laughs> to Learn. My mother sent me a picture of myself at age eight, back in oh. 1985, uh, with my first uh, pair of glasses. There are these great big glasses with kind of a gold frame. Not nearly as cool as the glasses <laughs> Vision to Learn uh-huh. hands out these days. But, uh, yeah, it's a reminder to me of, of uh, you know, every kid that needs glasses has one of these first pictures. I wore glasses for years, then contact lenses, then I got laser eye surgery. Oh, uh-huh. uh, But then uh, after I turned 40, uh, which happens uh, so often to people at that age, I yep. started to need reading glasses. Yep. And now I've got my reading glasses that I put on when I need them. Well, and, you know, I'm just thinking about, 
my own kids. My I'm trying to think how old my son was when he got his glasses. I think he was I think he was older actually. He might have even been out of high school. But just like what you were what you experience, what I experience, I have an eye exam every year and my prescription changes. I would presume that these 9-year-olds that are getting glasses for the first time maybe have another eye exam a year later at their school, and perhaps their prescription has also changed. Would that be accurate? Uh, Very accurate. In fact, my younger daughter, uh, her prescription seems to change every six months or so. She gets a new pair of glasses, and then just a few months later, she starts complaining that they're not working as well as they did. Uh, Mm -hmm. It's very common for kids' eyes. It's it's almost like, uh, you know, your foot grows at that right. age too, right? Every you right. Need a new shoe size, um, you're going to need a new prescription uh, at a young age very frequently. Can people donate frames? In other words, if, you're, if you have a pair of glasses, you haven't worn them in years, you're not going to wear them, you're not going to get a new prescription put in them. Can people actually donate glasses to you? I, I don't know if that's a possibility. It's a question that we get quite a bit, and we always appreciate the impulse. Uh, but no, we don't take glasses donations because we want to give brand new glasses to kids. That's what they're going to feel uh, best about. And, sure. and you know, it, it, we don't want it to feel like charity. We want it to just feel like they're getting glasses like any other student. And um, if people have have frames to donate, it's my understanding that many Lions Clubs will take those. You're That's right. usually where I refer folks. Yes, you are 100% right. That is their emphasis. Thank you for mentioning that. So, of course, you know, you, of course. You put new glasses on thousands of children. What What is that moment like for you? What is What goes? I mean, you have kids. What What, what does that What does that feel like? Well, the kids are usually a little bit nervous. They're not quite mm-hmm. sure what's what's gonna gonna happen, and uh, you know, I actually take hold of the glasses and make sure that it's going over one ear and over the other ear and, and really fitting comfortably on the on the child, and then right. I just look at their eyes. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, we have what what we call the aha moment yes. when the students really see clearly for the first time, and sometimes their jaw drops. Sometimes they shout out, um, you know, sometimes they are um, looking left and right around the room at, at, at different stuff, and um, you just never know, you know, <laughs> the laugh out loud, it, it's particularly the younger kids who don't know, who don't know what seeing clearly really looks like, it's just amazing to see. Um, and those are my best days at Vision to Learn, uh, going to the events and, and seeing the kids trying on their glasses for the first time. I bet. I bet there are tons of success stories. You've been around a long time. You personally oh, yeah. started with them in 2015. Is that right? That's right. That's right. Do you ever hear back from any of these children that just we do. Be- I would, I would, I'm a story collector. Share some of those stories with us. I would love to hear about this. Yeah, absolutely. So we frequently will call back to a school where we provided classes six months ago and mm-hmm. ask, how are the kids doing? Are there any of the kids 
who you're noticing a real change in. And we, we get great stories from these calls. Just uh, a couple months ago in Ohio, we were told by a principal that they had a student whose periodic reading testing showed a big jump. Uh, and they brought the student in and said, you know, what have you been doing? Well, you know, how is it that your reading has improved so quickly? And the student just said, well, I could see the test this time. I mean, it was really that simple. Um, and sometimes we get stories even from kids from longer ago. We had an incredible experience this year, a young woman who had received glasses from Vision to Learn in middle school is mm -hmm. today a student at uh, uh, Riverside Community College. And she reached out to us to say that she got glasses from us, that mm -hmm. she's interested in becoming an optometrist and wanted to just say thank you. So we invited her in, uh, we interviewed her, uh, we're, we're putting together a video that uh, we'll be putting out to our supporters pretty soon just to, to show what a long-term impact it can have, um, mm -hmm. how much of a trajectory change it is for students who are provided glasses by the program. And it would be just the most marvelous thing if one day one of these students um, became an optometrist, yeah. came to work for us, you know, and started giving back in her own community. Uh, it's just a, it, that was a wonderful thing to see. No kidding. So we talked about the fact that you're in 13 states. There are a whole lot more in this country. Um, what's what's the plan moving forward to bringing vision to learn to some of these other states? I, I is it a is it a cost thing? What 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 comes next for you guys? We're usually looking for three major factors uh, before we expand into a new community. One is need, right? We want to find a place that has a lot of students who are in need of uh, glasses going without, and we try not to compete with other providers. There are wonderful colleagues um, who do what we do, you know, helping kids okay. uh, to get glasses in many parts of the country, and so we, we don't seek to compete with anybody who's already helping students. But sure. there is no shortage of places, both urban and rural, um, where there's a lot of kids who are being left behind. So that's what we're looking for first. Uh, the second is, indeed, we, we're looking for funding, both regional funding from uh, supporters in the area. Uh, increasingly, Vision to Learn is able to bring funding to bear from national sponsors. Uh, you know, we just... Uh, uh, celebrated our first national partnership with the MetLife Foundation oh, uh, that has provided $500,000 for Vision to Learn uh, to use as as we need to nationwide. Um, and of course, we have, I, I could just go on and on about all the no, wonderful local funders that we have that yes. uh, that help us out. So we're looking for that. that you know, we want to see that the community is bought into um, helping students through this program, and um, so we're talking with local foundations. And then the third piece is that we are very interested in our ability to seek Medicaid reimbursement. Um, it's a big help to the sustainability of the program. We want to make sure that we can build programs that are, that are going to last for years to come. And so what that means on the ground is good relationships with local policymakers and an understanding of the pathway 
uh, to that public reimbursement. It's not going to cover 100% of our costs. Sure. Uh, Vision to Learn is, is always going to be a public-private partnership, um, but it's, it's such an important piece that we want to uh, have that scoped out before we get started. And we always have irons in the fire, right? I mean, we're Good. looking at um, we're looking at um, regions right now from Arizona near Phoenix, uh, West Virginia, Minneapolis, uh, up in the Multnomah County area around Portland. Um, you know, we're, we're constantly scoping areas and talking with mm-hmm. folks in the area to see if there's interest so that, um, you know, we can, we can be continually launching in new spaces. Just in the last year alone, we started in Ohio, in Connecticut, in Washington, D.C., and as I mentioned, in South Carolina. And, you know, all of those are projects that had been a couple of years in the making. Because, it, it, like you said, this does not happen overnight. And, no. And sometimes you just don't know who's listening to a podcast or talks to somebody that talks to somebody, and it's like, oh, my gosh. You know, you mentioned MetLife. Um, I'm sure there are a lot of other major corporations that um, are looking for ways to make a difference. Um, you know, getting on the speaking tour and being in front of Rotary's Boys and Girls Clubs, all these different organizations. You know, I, I was just thinking about just locally, like um, there's an organization called SPY, Safe Place for Youth. And I, I am, I'm a member of our local chamber, so I, I know a lot of these different organizations. And I'm thinking, wow, I wonder... What, look at look at the homeless population. These children that you know that that's a that's another whole segment of people that we haven't even talked about. Now, perhaps where they go to school, hopefully they do go to school. That there is someone there that can help and assist. You've got to have a lo- really loving heart to want to make this kind of a difference. For children, and when I say children, I do mean all the way up through high school. You know, maybe your vision was okay at one point in your life, but it's it's getting worse. And maybe it has to do with your diet. Maybe it has to do with a lot of different things that's going on in your life. But to think that you offer this and that you're not stopping, that you mentioned other communities. There there are communities in every single state that would benefit by these by these uh, mobile visions i i just i just want to thank you for what it is you do it must warm your heart to know the difference that you are making each and every day well thank you so much for the opportunity to share with your listeners the work vision to learn is doing you know it is our goal to help as many kids as we can we want every student nationwide uh, who needs glasses uh, to be able to receive them and that is going to involve not just Vision to Learn doing as much as we can, but policymakers and people yes. all over the country realizing what an important issue this is and, and, and finding solutions. Well, you are certainly on your way, and you have, you know, no pun intended, but you have a vision 
for what it is you want <laughs> to accomplish, and like you've never heard that before. But we I'm love saying, puns at Vision to Learn, so it's, well, hey, it's excused. <laughs> you know what? And why not? And I know when I spoke with you just prior to going on the air that you are in high demand, and so I am going to let you get on to your your meeting that starts very soon. I just want to, like like I said once again, thank you, thank you, Damien, for what it is you're doing, making a difference in this in this in this country and um, you are to be commended for all that you do and I'm so grateful that I could spend this time with you today. Thank you, Marcia. Such a pleasure. Okay. Have a great rest of your day. No tricks, just treats. You have a great day. Goodbye, everybody. I'll see you next week. Bye for now. <laughs>